time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you here. It's Monday, May 15th, 2023. David Kittle and Mark Helm already said it's like, what are you on drugs, Lickin'? You're all stirred up, excited. I'm excited to do this podcast. I'm excited to get on the line with you all, but try to dial it back a little bit. High energy. We got a lot to talk about today. We got a great podcast, lots, lots of hot news. So anyway, this podcast is created by mortgage professionals, certainly not audio professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, and we're grateful to have you as our listener. Our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime, anywhere. Joining me live is we got Mr. Kittle and Mark Helm and Matt is joining in. Of course, Ben is in the background, our uh, wonderful uh, guy that makes all this happen. But Matt, Mark, and David, good to have you joining us here live. So is it is it really that much energy, Kittle? Yes, but I love it. My good, you love it. I'll just do too. So, Mark, I'm sorry, folks, if it gets a little over the top, but we really do enjoy getting together. You should hear the pre-call. We have so much fun on the pre-call before we get going here, uh, before we launch the podcast. It's always entertaining. And then we have Matt Graham with the latest financial news. I was going to say, the pre-call is mostly you just making fun of me. That's what the pre-call is there for. Well, yeah, but it's complimentary because you just landed another one of our clients as a subscriber. We'll get to that in a minute. Everyone needs to subscribe. That's great, too. But anyway, let's get through our sponsors. Well, we could say Matt Graham and put him at the top of the order. He's a sponsor. He is a a participant. He's more than anything else here with us. Matt Graham with MBS Live. More on that in a minute, how you can get signed up. Candor Technology. I had a great conversation with Ed last week. We recorded that he's the head of customer engagement sales and marketing and i gotta tell you you look at what they're doing especially when we're talking about candor plus we're gonna be doing a recording on that very exciting what is happening there at candor they're looking at new and more and more ways in which they can continue add value to their customer base and you gotta check out they're the only automated underwriting system to earn a patent for their unique tech solution. And it also optimizes a loan delivery workflow so you can right-size your company for the last time. This is one of their phrases they use. More importantly, if you're dealing with buybacks, use Candor to double-check that. It's a real powerful tool when you're arguing against buybacks. So Candor, technology that is a must-have. Also had a great conversation. After I talked to Ed, I, I, I called Tom Showalter. I said, Tom, is it true that when you were in the military, you sold high-performance cars like Ferraris? And he is in the military driving around in a Ferrari. He says, yeah, I did that. He told me the story. It's hilarious. You've got to get to know this company, folks. It is just a delight. They really enjoy each other. They're intelligent. They're fun to talk to, but they've got a great technology. Just use it. Also, Finastra, they rely on the only automated email notification system, not quite like anyone else out there. The way they do it is really keeping the consumer in touch with exactly what's going on at every stage of the process. Their proprietary technology and the way they go about it is unique. You need to check out 
Finastra. We'll be getting some of the folks on. We've been doing some uh, webinars with them on artificial intelligence. Really exciting. Again, they're the largest fintech company in the world. Fintech, financial technology, the largest in the world. That's why you want to be talking to them. We'll talk to the leaders. What are the leaders doing? That's what you want to do. Finastra is one of them. Also, Total Expert is certainly a leader. They have built a have built a customer journeys within their customer experience platform that is just second to none. It really helps lenders start a, from a place of nurturing campaigns and nurtures them through the whole process. There's so much that they're doing. And then also really excited about what Joe Wellu, the Joe Wellu interview that we did on March 15th. You need to check that out and listen to it. Joe got in some really interesting things. Here's why it's so important to listen to these things. What are the leaders saying? What is Joe Wellu specifically saying about where they're taking the company? And generally, where is technology going? Very fascinating. You'll enjoy that interview a lot. Also, Simple Nexus does a great job. Morgan Software Technology for the Modern Lender. Uh, Andrea Lightfoot, we have her on March 8th. You'll definitely want to follow up and listen to that one if you haven't already done so. As well as Mortgage Bankers Association of America, um, MBA. Thank you, MBA, Marsha and um, the whole team over there just uh, does such a great job of working with us. I've got calls into them because we're looking at some of the things going on on the Hill and how can we do a better job? Now, you do need the Mortgage Action Alliance. That's one tool. If you're not using the Mortgage Action Alliance tool, that's the first step to getting in and supporting the MBA and what they're doing. Other ways you can get involved is get involved in some of the committees that are going on. It's powerful. You meet peers in your network. Uh, and, and other companies that will help you in your business. So sign up for MBA, sign up for the Mortgage Action Alliance app, get involved, roll up your sleeves. So important. They just had a conference, the Legal Affairs Conference in Austin last week. Heard Kathy Thomas on our team went there. It was really interesting, some of the stuff that came out of that. So MBA, thank you. Also, Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative. These two co-ops really are, are must get must be involved with as well as the MBA. There must be, yeah, you say Lickin, that's because they're advertisers with you. They're sponsors of the podcast. Yeah, they are. But more importantly, you really get to meet lenders in a more intimate setting. You find out what's going on. Kittle can talk about the collabs, what they do there at more at TMC. Really exciting. They got some exciting announcements. I'm pushing Kittle to hopefully let us know what some of the new exciting announcements are. He's not doing it. He's holding keep the cards close to his vest. They'll be announcing, making an announcement at the secondary conference, and we'll hear about it just about the same time. Also, Lenders One, they do a great job of really connecting. They've got some programs going. Trisha Megliazzo, a dear friend of both Kittle and of mine, many of us, uh, is um, much loved in the industry. And some of the things they're doing is something you need to sign up for. Get, become members of both. And hopefully they won't run their two conferences together at the same time like they did this, this year because we all want to go to both of them, and you can't. If they run them over to the top of each other, Mr. Kittle, that's a little subtle hint. Also, Knowledge Coop, Mobility MMI, Modex, very excited to have Mobility MMI and Modex here. I love these two intelligent tools and for selecting loan officers. Very powerful. Check it out. Also, we're going to be starting a new sponsorship with Emergence. If what they're doing and how they use MMI embedded into their platform is really exciting. Talk to John Maniel about that. We'll be announcing that one coming up real soon. Also, Mortgage Advisory Tools. Special thank you goes out to Adam L. Les Parker, Matt Graham, who's here with us live, David Kittle live with us. Alice Alvey couldn't make it, but she sent in a recording, so we'll get her update. And then Alan Pollock. He just dialed in, so we're going to have his report as well live. So, Mark Helm, you're here with me as my co-host. Thank you, Mark, for joining in. Appreciate you, bud. Glad to be here, David. Thank you. 
You bet. Well, let's get over to Adam DeSanctis and get the MBA Mortgage Minute at this moment. Here you go. Adam, what do you have for us? Hi, I'm Adam DeSanctis. This is the Mortgage Minute, the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week was a big one for our industry. FHFA announced that it is rescinding the debt-to-income-based LLPA that was part of the updates to the GSE's pricing grids announced in January. As you know, MBA-led industry efforts calling for its removal and worked tirelessly to highlight the adverse impacts of the fee to consumers and lenders through dozens of media interviews, press statements, a comment letter to FHFA, and in an April blog post from President and CEO Bob Brooksmith. In a press statement immediately after the announcement, Bob said, We are pleased that FHFA engaged with industry stakeholders, recognized the negative impacts of the fee, and decided to rescind its implementation. Concurrently, with the rescission of the fee, FHFA also said it will issue a request for information to provide additional transparency and receive public comment on the process for setting single-family guarantee fees. MBA will continue its engagement with FHFA, lawmakers, and industry stakeholders to ensure clarity and transparency regarding the GSE's pricing framework, and we look forward to responding to that RFI. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. Uh, good job, MBA, for turning that around. That was significant. They did with the MBA. I mean, what the MBA did with the GSEs. Thank God for that. So anyway, folks, we're so grateful. Be sure to sign up, become a member of the MBA, and get signed up with the Mortgage Action Alliance app. Very good. Let's get over to Les Parker with this week's TM Spotlight and a macro view of the markets with a music parody thrown in. Les, what you got? If bonds won't do, believe in Fed rate hike costs, check yes or no. TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by PowerSeller, making hedging easy. Recent U.S. data confirmed the market's erratic Fed pause bias and the slow motion move towards a shallow recession. Meanwhile, Europe struggles with fiscal discipline as the northern savers demand frugality from southern debtors. As a result, the dollar finds strength while June light crude oil battles the magnetic attraction of support at $60. Are mortgage rates unafraid? To love the bulls? Check yes or no. These views are mine. Check them out at tmspotlight.com. Check yes or no. Check yes or no. Well, that's the Markel music right there. It's a good old country western stuff. Thank you, Les Parker. That was you don't hear last music country western music much in his uh, music parodies, but that was really, really good. Yeah. Actually, he sang fairly good. You know, Les has got one of those really good voices. So more importantly, TM Spotlight is loaded full of really good information. I mean, Matt Graham, you got to have his website up there. Absolutely must have. It's a must have. And then looking at getting the, the macro view of the, what's going on in the global markets, what's happening in different parts of the country. Oil, you heard him talking about that. These are things that you get out of this report with Les Parker, the TM Spotlight, and you get the paid version for free, like F-R-E-E, like free. If you put in the word power for power seller in the code, entry code, when you're, looking, when you're signing up. So get the paid version for free. Put in the word power. Thank you, Les Parker, for the segment. Does a great job each and every week. Um, shout out also to Gary Canterbone. Appreciate those two. Matt Graham here, founder and CEO of MBSLive.net. 
and he's giving us the market. I try to modulate right down to get to his energy levels. Matt, good to have you here, friend. Hey, good to be here, David. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to come on like a hyper chihuahua out here sometimes. Just to well, go, I did it that one time. I did it that one time with, with the Good Morning Vietnam, uh, you know, parody. Right. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> yeah. What's if you send me some of whatever week? drugs you're on that make you so upbeat, then I could join you on that level. Yeah, it's coffee. It's coffee. It has that okay. kind of weird thing to my body, does that weird thing. All right. Well, I'll try some of that. I've never had it before, but um, I'm looking forward to it. <clears throat> so let's talk about the markets. Enough of this nonsense. Enough. Uh, there was a lot of anticipation for last week's CPI, the Consumer Price Index, which yeah. is the biggest uh, look that we have on any given month at inflation and probably – vying for the title of the most important monthly economic report, neck and neck with NFP over the past year or so. Um, but this one in particular was uh, looked forward to on several levels and in several places as conveying some sort of shift potentially. And I think it was uh, probably a, a little bit of a high bar for it to accomplish that or for any single report or single data point to conclusively shift the bond market out of this relentlessly sideways trend that it has been locked in for, I, I'm going to tell you, six months. There have been a few attempts to break out. Uh, we saw yields spike at the end mm -hmm. of 2022. And then again in February, those were both, well, the, the, the December one was kind of year-end trading stuff. And then February was a bit of a false start. But other than that, 10-year yields have spent 95% of their time between 3.4 and 3.6. Last week was no exception, even though we had that CPI data. Incidentally, CPI came in right in line with forecasts. The year-over-year uh, -year headline number was a tenth of a percent lower than forecast, but not a huge deal there. The one thing that the market liked or that the bond market liked was that some of this core services inflation, especially excluding housing metrics, uh, actually took a positive turn and dropped somewhat significantly month over month. And uh, that's one of two things. Either you have the market trading uh, with a bit of relief that it wasn't higher than expected, or you have a legitimate reaction to those internal components. If you're sitting and watching the reaction in real time, you think that might be a little bit fast for traders to digest those internal components because they, they don't tend to come out in um, in newswires or other uh, you know rapidly tradable formats, but hey, I don't know what I don't know. Maybe there's something out there that syncs up those numbers uh, more quickly than than I'm appreciating. Either way, doesn't really way. matter. What matters yep. is yep. there was a positive reaction to the inflation data, uh, and then that uh, sent yields lower, but very much within that sideways range. And uh, yields moved back up on Thursday and Friday, but mostly on Friday a little bit hotter import prices, and uh, the Consumer Sentiment Survey uh, showed one-year inflation expectations at only dropping to 4.5 from 4.6% last month, and that was a, a big jump up. And I think that bond bulls were hoping to see that go back down a little faster. Uh, but perhaps even more importantly, the five-year inflation expectations rose to 3.2% from 3.0, and that is the highest they've been in a long time. The Fed will tell you that they care about this stuff, even though it seems like we should not care what a consumer says on a survey about what, where they think prices are going, because they don't really determine that, right? They're just consumers. That's just their opinion. 
But uh, the Fed's contention is that if somebody is of the belief that rate or that prices are going to go higher, then they will buy more now and put more pressure on supply chains and drive prices up in sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy. So the Fed would really like consumers not to have these embedded inflation expectations. And um, as long as they do, then that is a, a fairly clear signal that the Fed is going to err on the side of uh, monetary policy tightening, even though we may continue to see a few bank failures, even though some data may get quasi-recessionary. The market is very much entertaining that the Federal Reserve um, not only is not done hiking, but is not going to be cutting as quickly as may have been expected when all of this bank drama started up. So sideways range, it's going to take a lot of doing to get us out of that. It's sort of a a tug of war between those inflationary and monetary policy tightening sentiments and then the recessionary and uh, economic cooling sentiments. And we need more than one individual report, more than one month of data to uh, make a definitive comment on that range. As far as data that will comment, to some extent, this week's headline is probably retail sales tomorrow expected to come in at 0.7 from negative 0.6 last week and uh, a smattering of housing related data with builder confidence the same day then the following day construction and on thursday existing home sales expected to stay pretty flat at relatively low levels philly fed also on thursday uh, always a market mover to some extent expected to get a little bit less bad than it was last month, negative 31.3, and now it's seen at negative 20.0. That's all I got for this week. Just watching the sideways range, waiting yeah. for something much, to happen. How much do we pay you to do this, and that's all you got? Man, oh, man. That's all I got. I know. It's a cushy gig. <laughs> cushy gig. That, well, I'll tell you what is really cushy is your software. You've got a great product. Everyone needs to sign up for it. Michael DiClemente, one of my clients. Uh, coach, get the honor of coaching, signed up for it. And he says, Lincoln, I don't know why I didn't do this sooner. And that's what a phrase I hear typically, Matt, when people does sign up for this, they go, well, you know what he said? I thought it was way more expensive. The way you talk about it is with all the data that they give, I thought it was like way, way more expensive. When I found out the price, it's like, are you kidding me? This is like a no brainer. So there you mm-hmm. go. Great content. Great stuff. Don't raise your price. Well, the price is going up a little bit, but not too much. Not too much. Well, it's so valuable, Matt. I really do love what you do, and I think it's awesome. And the kid will give me a bad time because I have your screen on all the time. Every Zoom call, I'm on there. So he he brings up some market graphic and holds it up, holds his cell phone up behind me. He says, I, too, have a – I'm cool and have the market data behind me. So only Kittle can pull off some of the stuff he does. So you do a great job, Matt Graham. We are so grateful to have you a part of the podcast. Kudos to you and your team. Good stuff. I mean, is it like a one-man band? How do you do all this stuff? How do you get all that up there? We we got two Wizards of Oz behind the curtain. and then Ah, there you go. There you go. Awesome job. Yep. Yeah. Good, 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 good. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, we are surviving here. A lot of people are checking in on me, Matt. You're going to love this because a lot of people ask me, how are you doing? Like, and your wife broke your leg. She's, you can't put any weight bearing. She's in a hospital bed part of the time at home and in an easy chair the rest of the time. And I'm running. I don't know how. It's just like I did not know I could be so ambidextrous. That's what I think of you because all these things you respond to on the market is, uh, is you are just running and 
commenting and going like nobody's business. So anyway, appreciate you back, Graham. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So let's get some commentary. Mark, you want to add anything into these uh, Les's comments or Mark's, and then I'll get to Kittle and Alan, see if he has anything. He's dialed in with us. But let's start with you, Mark. Thoughts on the market? Well, I, I read some I read some uh, some articles by NBA this past weekend, and I'd like to get, get the guys to time on this. And I mentioned a little bit last week. Um, I went back and checked in uh, Houston, Texas, what we got, and we have 142 multifamily starts being worked on there right now, yet I'm reading the NBA uh, article, and it's talking about how weak the multifamily market's going to be. Really? You know, 148 starts in Houston is not a small number. It's a big city, but not a small number. And if you take that and carry it over, if it's the same way every place else, sounds like to me the multifamily, and I'm seeing this multifamily is all going up, it looks like, to support the lower income. It's it's really where it is to support the the folks that can't afford a house payment right now. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's we've got that going. I live so, in a community, you, Marble Falls. You know what? You've been here, Mark, in this our little community here yeah. in Texas, and uh, we've got some of the largest multifamily buildings going up. And I go, what the heck? And it's because of affordability, housing affordability, and we have so many. We're growing community, really growing, and uh, people are just. Uh, having a need to have a place to live or we're not going to continue to grow economically. And we have a lot going on here. So it's, well, I, I guess what I'm wondering for Matt and Les is the, is the, uh, does somebody have a crystal ball they're looking at or are the numbers just in advance or trailing what's actually happening in the market by a lot more than we think it is. Matt, any thoughts? Which, which numbers are we talking about? Sales numbers the, or the multifamily starts? Um, multifamily yeah, no, I mean, there's, there's no no crystal ball. Uh, I think MBA is probably forecasting, whereas the um, the starts numbers are are a little bit backward looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's great, good point, Matt. Good point. Les Parker. Great point. Yeah, is not dialing in. Today. He's not knocking on our door today. He's a pretty, pretty busy guy. I really appreciate Les's uh, stuff and his commentary when he does dial in. I do appreciate his thoughts on it. Mr. Kittle, any thoughts on the market? We'll get over to your segment in just a minute, but any thoughts on the market? Yeah, I just have another angle on that. Mark's exactly right. We have an affordability problem. We have an inventory problem. And why are all the multifamily units going up uh, everywhere? We also have uh, an illegal immigration problem. Where are we going to house everybody? Could be um, looking forward. That could be part of it as well. Just throw that out there. Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, what's going on? He actually gave you a compliment. Can you believe that? Oh, I didn't hear him. I didn't hear what he said. Oh, good. Good people. But uh, that's what I I have a comment about, um, you know, interest rates in the Fed. We have Fed Governor Powell probably 10 days ago, earlier in the month, something like that, saying he wasn't um, uh, really sure whether or not uh, what to expect from the policy, whether or not they're going to have to raise rates, whether they're going to stop raising rates. And then you have Bostic, uh, the yeah, Atlanta Bostic, Fed yeah. Governor, makes the comment that he goes, well, inflation's not going anywhere. So yep. one says, you know, we, we might stop raising rates. The other one says inflation's not going anywhere. We all know inflation's not going anywhere. It's a mixed signal. And I think we're going to get into it later, but 
you know, you can get all this data. At the end of the day, you still have to do loans. Yeah, and we're going to talk and, about uh, that in your segment. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in your segment. Just yeah, Matt Graham put that up on the uh, MBS live chat uh, when that was those comments came out. And uh, that's where I read them. It's on MBS Live. You too could have that too, Mr. Kittle. Sign up. <laughs> we love you, Mr. I'll do Kittle. It today. Good job. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a good deal. Well, call Matt. He'll he work out something special for you. All right. Very good. Matt Graham, good job. Appreciate it so much. And uh, sign up for MBS Live. And when you sign up, Use the LOL code for Liquid on Lending on the, in the sign-up code area, and you'll get an extended trial period without the need of putting in a credit card. Put in a credit card, buy the system, you'll have to go for it. And it's affordable. That's what Michael DiComendi just figured out. He goes, my gosh, look, this is really affordable. Why didn't I sign up for this? You need to stress the price. Okay, we're stressing the price. It's affordable. Call Matt. I don't know what the new will be, but it'll be up just slightly, maybe. Matt, anything you want to say about the, the pricing? Um, no, not yet. It'll be going up a, l- a little bit. We haven't had a price increase since we started in 2007, really? and uh, we're a bit overdue. Yeah, I would say just a bit, especially with all you put into this thing. It's really good. Yeah. Very good, Matt. Thank you so much. Sign up, listeners. Appreciate you all being here, and thank you for the positive key feedback on our sponsors and on Matt, who is both a sponsor and a contributor. All right, let's get over to Mr. Kittle. Kittle. Uh, you have been uh, at the SOL, uh, or no, MIS, <laughs> SOL, maybe you're full of SOL too. You mean MIA? MIA, there you go. I here. Have to yeah. unmute. Just to laugh at that, I got to unmute David. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that was maybe Freudian there. Who knows? Oh, dear God. When, when I get on with Kittle, my mind just goes different ways. It's always looking for a way to harass him and Matt. So I'm at, I have I'm harassing Kittle at a different level in a different way. So, Kittle, we were talking about something that uh, I want to give a shout-out to Bobby Nicely, who's a client and a geared friend and a regular listener here. And he brought something to my attention that I have talked about several times, and it was in a call that I had with Bobby this morning. He talked about the Stockdale Paradox. And what it is, is there's a guy by the name of John's, uh, James Stockdale, S-T-O-C-K-Dale, D-A-L-E. And uh, he went down, I believe he was shot down approximately about the same time as John McCain. Anyway, they were in a prison camp together. And Stockdale said, there's something I'm noticing about the prisoners that survive this torturous, impossible situation. It's those that have optimism but they have a pragmatic approach to it. By that, I mean they are hopeful and confident they will get out. There's confidence in the government. They're confident the U.S. will not leave them behind there and have them be MIA, which is what we talked about Kittle being here first for the podcast. They will not be left behind and we've forgotten. So what it is, though, this is what's really interesting. Bobby brought this to my attention. Yeah, Bobby Nice, you can't get to know Bobby. I love one of the things I love about executives that are always seeking to improve themselves. They seek coaches. He got found me. That's a great story. He reads a voracious reader, podcast listener, listening to stuff and looking, he's intaking constantly because what can he do to lead? And he's saying what was brought this. He came across the Stockdale paradox. And what this is, is loan officers, just like prisoner of war. If you set a date, we're going to, we're going to see the market improve by this date. Matt Graham does not come on and say, any kind of prognostication about when interest rates are going to do what, when. That's one of the reasons I respect him so much. 
And he comes out and reports the facts. And what the Stockdale paradox is about is don't set dates. I'll be fine if rates improve by this, or I'm confident rates are going to improve this. What they found is prisoners of war that died in prison camps were those that set a date. And when that date came and went, they lost hope. It's all about doing what, Mr. Kittle? All about doing what? Doing loans. Doing what gets business. Well, I know, you know, probably your listeners at some point, some of this just sounds redundant. But, and said, well, all Kittle talks about is, you know, the past and what's going on. But, you know, the past can dictate your future as well. And we've been in low rates now for 12, 13 years, only a refinance market. Rates have gone up. But you can either sit back and pout about it or stay in prison, to use that as a metaphor to what you're talking about here in the syndrome, or you can get out and accept what it is, find ways to go out and do business. Somebody's buying a house and somebody's borrowing money. You're just going to have to work a little bit harder to do it. Sounds easy, um, but it's pretty basic. And you just can't worry about what's going on. I mean, you know, those of us that have been in the business as long as I have, we originated through 18.5% FHA and VA rates. Now, different times, they say, well, yeah, houses cost less. People made less money then. All right, so it's all relative. All relative. Um, yeah. yeah, you just can't get bogged down into that Stockholm well, syndrome. Yeah, I think it's picking dates is a problem. And then the other thing is focusing, getting myopically focused. I mean, David, you and I both love aviation. You know, you've been a pilot. How many hours do you have behind the, uh, the yolk of the airplane up there in the air? 1,400? A couple thousand. All right. Over two. Over 2,000. I mean, that's amazing. And, and another thing, what they, there's a thing called task saturation or myopically looking at it. It's the story about an Eastern Airlines airline. You remember this, David, when the Eastern Airlines that flew, the pilots flew a perfectly good airplane into the ocean in the middle of the night? Remember that story? You know what it was? I guess I, I think it was uh, they flew it into the Everglades. It was an Eastern Airlines L-1011. Was it, was, was it, I can't remember what, I thought they flew it in the ocean, yeah. but it didn't matter. Here, whatever they flew it into, but here's the word to have. A 49-cent light bulb went out on the dashboard. And so they took it up, got up to altitude, they, uh, but there was a flaw in the way the autopilot worked. And so what is your autopilot? What are you focusing on? Boy, a lot of metaphors here. One someone says, look, at these are great stories. I mean, uh, these metaphors, but it's really example. They just, as a leader in an industry, which we pride ourselves in this podcast trying to be that. We want to be a voice and the leadership voice, critical thinking. But it is what here's the metaphor. Here's what happened. They didn't realize Boeing built this jet that if you tapped the yoke, the, the stick where the, the controls, what you know, some would call it a steering wheel, the yoke on an airplane. If you tapped it, it disengaged the autopilot. There was a flaw in the design. But what happened is, is this light bulb flickered on the dashboard. So the pilots, the, the pilot and the co-pilot leaned forward and tapped the yoke, therefore disengaging the autopilot, did it without realizing it. And they got myopically focused, tax touch, they were focused in on this one light bulb, and they were trying to figure it out, not realizing they were in this slow, continuous descent. And it wasn't until you heard, pull up, pull up. And it's a, David, you know that sound, if you're too low to the ground, and the proximity device kicks off and says, pull up. That means you are close to crashing. You better pull up. They were confused. Like, how could we be pulling up? What's going on? Did we have another system going wrong here? By that time, when they realized it was too late, 
they were dead. And I think what happens is when we get locked in on certain things, whether it be a date, whatever's going on out there, we need to be focused in on what are we doing to get business in the door. Yes, volume's up, but my volume's all down. I can't afford this. Can't afford to pay the house. Well, that's a whole nother story. Probably get a financial planner the next time you run into some really good times. Save some money aside for the bad times because this is a cyclical business. But we need to be consistently planting crops. And if you're planting seeds by doing these meetings, doing the one-on-ones, the lunch learners, doing all the stuff that we know every coach out there will tell you you need to do to be successful. If you're doing these things and not getting caught up on date setting, not getting caught up on tapping the dashboard, so to speak, on some of your favorite hot topic is it, issue, get out there and consistently do it. And that's what you talk about a lot. I won't like get all your talking. I guess. Add to it, Mr. Kittle. Golly, I don't know how I add to that, except, um, you know, <clears throat> metaphorically flying. You know, when you have altitude, you have everything. So yeah. um, uh, I agree with you. You know, the other thing from – I hope this doesn't kill the listeners out there that we keep talking about aviation to it, but you get there's target fixation as well. You know, you focus too much one place, and maybe we focus too much on data. Uh, you got to have data. you got to know what yeah. rates are doing. you got to know what the home sales are up or down, and you have to know that forecast. But you still have to go out and talk to the customers and get the customers on the phone and meet with the builder and the realtor and everybody else, and you still have to do business. And well, uh, I, I think that's exactly that, what you're talking about and explaining here. Yeah, that's a really good point. It, it, what was that called? It's uh... – what did you call that? What that statue? What was the, the term Target used? fixation. Target fixation. I think that's what doing. I look at sometimes, Matt, on your boards and some of the commentary that's going on there, and I hear certain people growling, grousing about what's going on. They get focused on the negative, and they just start posting and posting and posting out some comments out there. And I'm sure most of your loan officers that use your system are yeah. very successful, but there are a few that get on there and just whine. And it's like, come on. That's not what's going to get you business. It is what it is. Move on. Enough on that. We appreciate you, Matt Graham, for what you do put up. So many positive things up there, and you're always trying to direct the conversations in a, in a positive way. But see, as I took a shot at someone out there, Matt, I'll let you add to it, comment about the, the chat board. Oh, no, I agree 110%. There's a lot of whiners on there. They would be the first to admit it, and they need to uh, reframe their outlook. Yeah, reframe it. Get out there and go get business. Do What are you doing to get the, the, the seeds are ground. It says, yeah, but it's really ugly. Yeah, but winter does end, and then there is a spring, and things start coming up. What are you going to have in your crop? What do you have in the ground? You don't have anything in there. Mark Helm, I'll let you add to that. Well, yeah, I want to I want to add something to it too. I when I came back from Vietnam, I went to some for a while. I went to some veterans groups, and most of us have been to Vietnam. And I met a, a gentleman at one of them. He's a few years older than me. His name was Dave. And he was a bomber pilot, and he got shot down in North Vietnam. I don't know which, uh, whether he was in Hanoi Hilton or not, but he was in a, a prison camp over for a while. And I asked him one time, a little bit different what we talked about, I said, Dave, how did, how did you survive? And he said, you know, Mark, the worst had already happened to me. I'd already crashed in a plane. I survived. The guys come and got me, and they didn't shoot me. So I already got over the hump on two things. So going to the prison camp was minor compared to what I'd done before. And that's kind of like our marketplace. You know, once it happens in our marketplace, the rates go to hell. And uh, we live with it, and we learn how to live with it, and, and we make it through there. And we have little bumps along the road where the rate goes up and down and all. But I've been through the 
17, 18% interest rate cycle in my career. I've been through 2008 and 2009, and I'll hopefully be through a number of more cycles in this industry, and we just learn to adapt and go with it. So I think the the uh, airline analogy is a, uh, the pilot analogy and the crash are real good analogies, but I do believe that uh, uh, the uh, – it's, it's very important for us to do like Jiminy Cricket said years ago, accent the positive and work on that because sometimes some of these things we deal with we can't control anyway. So spending time worrying about them is not going to get us any place. Do what you can control, yeah. Shout out again to Bobby Nicely who is doing something about it. He is constantly ingesting positive stuff. And when you you know it when you talk to guys like Bobby when they're ingesting, you know what – Garbage in, garbage out. You can tell when someone is talking positive. Yeah, that's going on, but did you see this number? This is getting better. That's going. It's always talking about the glass half full. And I know that can get negative or really annoying to someone who's in the glass half empty mode. But you know, like the one guy said, if the cat, if you don't like, if 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 the cat doesn't like the way you're rubbing it, Trav, the cat, turn around, turn around your attitude. Anyway, Dick, I got that one wrong. Enough of metaphors. Let's get on. Alice Alvey could not. By the way, Mr. Kittle, thank you. It's good to have you back live, my friend. We appreciate you always. Good to be live. You're welcome. You you bet. Let's get over to Alice Alvey. She couldn't join us live today, but she did send in a recording. Love the uh, update that she brings us each week on the uh, markets. And so here we go. Alice Alvey, what do you have for us today? Hi, Dave, and hello, everyone. Thanks again uh, for allowing me to do a recording today instead of being there in person. I wish I could be there. Um, Just wanted to give you a heads up, as we all know and have probably heard from many others by now, we are super excited that we no longer have that DTI loan-level pricing adjustment facing us uh, down the road for Fannie and Freddie. So just to make sure we're including all the news here and that you didn't miss that last week because you were on vacation. So otherwise you would have heard it 10 times. Uh, So we're excited that that's no longer um, something that's going to be hitting our borrowers and uh, for us to have to deal with procedurally. The next bill I want to make sure we have a chance to talk about is House Bill 3170. This is called Homes for Every Local Protector, Educator, and Responder. So it's the Helper Act. It's been reintroduced uh, here just last week. It was actually introduced back in 2022 as well. Um, So we don't have the text for this bill that's uh, just come out, just been announced that they're reintroducing it. So what I'm going to give you is the scoop based on what was previously presented back in 2022 that never made it through the House. So the bill is essentially for our first responders and teachers, and it would be zero down, so 100% financing through FHA. So you'd follow everything as if it was a regular FHA loan. The borrower would have a 3.6% upfront MIP, and this, this is higher because they would have no monthly MIP. So obviously a big win for their monthly payment. Just reserved for single family, you know, one unit, they would only get to use this benefit one time, um, and the program would be available for a five-year window, 
way the legislation is worked. So that's the way it was written previously. We assume they're reintroducing it in the same format. And uh, I think this is a great idea, a great program, give some revitalization to the FHA program and to test the waters for a larger upfront in certain cases uh, where we wouldn't have the monthly premium and uh, give that program a, a shout. So reach out to your representatives. We'll keep you posted once the text gets published and uh, that we want to see House Bill 3170 move its way through. That's my report for today, Dave. Thanks. Back to you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it very much. Taking the time to get on there. Had a great dialogue with uh, Alice's boss's boss, and that is Bill Cosgrove over the weekend, a good friend of Mr. Kittle and mine. Um, had a great wishing each other happy Mother's Day and all the things that are going on. He did a really good podcast with, talking about the wholesale markets, and so I uh, want to get him back on. You know what? It's, what's really a hallmark, Kittle, about the, the leaders like Bill is they're seeing the opportunities in the marketplace, and I think that's just so critical to uh, what's going on. So I could say on and on and on about that. And, uh, but kudos to Alice for setting in a recording. Thank you, Bill and Al for letting her do so. I want to see if this will work. I'm gonna, I looked up that I, as soon as we started talking about that, uh, accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative. I had to see if this will, uh, this, here we go. Aretha Franklin, see if it comes in, if I get it. As only she I had to go get that in there. Did you guys hear that all right? Did that come through all right? Not on my end. Not on your end? Oh, shoot. Ah, I was hoping that came through on the – anyway, I'll have to figure out a way of doing that with the podcast. Anyway, Aretha Franklin, Google it. She does such a great job, such an expressive singer. All right. Alan Pollock is here with us. Alan, what you got in the world of technology? Obviously, I can't work technology real well because I'm trying to figure out how to play that back through the soundboard, and I didn't thought I could do that, but didn't work that one. Yeah, well, you know, David, there's an AI for that. There's an AI for that, yeah. I probably should run it through Chad GPT. That would have told me, for sure. So that's a real website. There's an AI for that, and there's thousands there's a, oh, there of Oh, there is AI a real things. website, an AI for that? There, Are you kidding me? There is, and it uh, took me to a place today called BoredHumans.com, and they've got all of these different AI things that are, you, I mean, it's a bored human site. I mean, everything from a joke battle, a TV episode generator, uh, AI-generated podcasts, video game ideas, uh, movie plot generator, you can write songs, you can fake out people, um, you can, how does a computer dream? I mean, the list goes on and on. So... With that being said, David, there was a link that said, create a song with your favorite musician. So I clicked through a couple, and, and um, I couldn't think of a quick musician, and it said, example, try Justin Timberlake. So I put the name of the song as the podcast, and the style of I put Justin Timberlake, and I hit submit. song is now called, and we should get this made for our podcast here, it's called Podcasting with You. And here's verse one. You ready? I won't sing it. I'm just going to say it because I'm no less Parker. I was scrolling through my feed, didn't know what to do. Then I saw it, baby, the podcast with you. I clicked play and I heard your voice. You had me hooked. I didn't have a choice. And then it goes on to the chorus. But get verse two. The topics that you choose are always so real. I listen to each episode. I know how you feel. 
the way that you bring it, it's so unique. You've got me hooked. I can hardly speak. And then it just keeps going. I mean, it's so it, – it, within 20 seconds, it had I know. this new this new song. Content, we'll have to get content, one of these out made. Well, I think here's the thing that's really the message behind the scene. When it comes to content generation, if you're looking for ways to communicate – and I think we're talking – one of the things we're, that's coming through cloud and clear on today's podcast is the importance of communicating – a positive message. And if you're struggling with that, you do have tools for that. I found the website. There's an AI for that. I can't believe it. That is really good. Yeah. I, yeah I, I'm on the website. This blows me away. Very good. That's right. So let's talk, let's talk about a couple quick things. Yep. Two major topics with some great news I want to talk about. First one is Maxwell. They put out uh, an article, I think it was about a month ago. Uh, I've had it on my want to talk about for weeks, but we talked about so many other great things that I just keep carrying it forward. Today, we finally get to it. Five market trends they talked about. And it's really interesting because it's, it's about, not about AI chatbots. It's not about having the best tech. It's like the humanization of tech. So these are the five things the market trends are talking about that are going on right now. The first one is increasing customer confidence. I mean, we know for the financial institutions that listen to this podcast, right, they're, they're working on how to evolve, maintain, sustain, and grow membership. And that comes with all financial transactions. So you need to continue to increase brand and, and consumer confidence. I think that's huge. Um, you have to upgrade your tech, right? Because your customers are looking at other people's tech all the time. And so you, you do need to increase it and do that. The second is mobile first behavior. It may not be a mobile app, but it's thinking mobile first, right? David, we talked about all kinds of concepts from gamification to a points-based system, to just, just the way people now think because they do so much on their phone. Um, the third item that Maxwell talked about was demand for auto communication. I, I can do an entire podcast just on how much more we can improve upon transactions that have already occurred, not the creation of a new transaction and how to go get new market share and once you get that customer in, but it's the ongoing communication. So many mm-hmm. systems need they don't focus on that because that's not what they're best at. They focus on the system itself. Well, communication's huge, and Maxwell's right on with, with that item. The other thing they talk about, Dave, is push for speedy transactions. Right? That, that's a whole other topic. I mean, there's there's a difference between. Yeah, but it's a topic that's been around for a long time too. I mean, I mean, pushing for speedy right. transactions. That's been here forever. But you know, have we yeah. made the kind of market is you know, very Years ago, when, when, I, when I was the co-founder for Pricing Engine, we did a deal with Google, and a couple other people had done it that time. And Google basically said, hey, we have to put mortgage rates out to our SLA, which is like half a millisecond or one millisecond, something crazy. In order yeah. for them to do so, they went and created one trillion pre-saved scenarios for every version or variation of a loan so they can serve that up. But they couldn't keep up with the market fast enough, so they had to put that project on the icebox. They came back and tried to do it again. Well, Demand, um, demand for, I'm sorry, pushing for, pushing for speedy transactions is huge. Not everything's in, some things can be speedy, but speedy may be accurate and within time. And right. so that's something to think about as you're looking at your vendors and how to interact. And then finally, it's personalization, right? And that's whether it's acquiring data from different sources or it's personalizing the experience and the communication and the speedy transaction. So if you, you can Google this, Maxwell, five market trends. If you just go by those five things I just mentioned, you're, you're, it's, 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 a, it's basically the blueprint for a strategy on how to improve customer satisfaction, uh, engage with customers, create referrals, and longevity of that investment you make into your customers. So 
Great, great article. You can Google it. And then, David, exactly. I, I went on to this, this next item, which was Walter Kluwer's asked 110 mortgage and financial executives what affects the downturn in the mortgage market is having on their company operations, staffing investments and such. I only, I only wrote down a few of them because there's a, so many data points that we could talk about it forever. But get this. They say from 110 mortgage and financial executives that digital closings will continue to be an investment in 2023. And they basically said that two-thirds, 68%, where it was a clear majority that said e-closing, e-note, and e-vault solutions are their focus. And then after that, the remaining percentages were broken up between automated underwriting, bots, upgraded, or a new LOS and point of sale. So clearly hmm. folks want to – and when I bring up the LOS aspect of it, you know, you, LO, your LOS should be your partner, right? They shouldn't be a software platform. Because yep. you're, you're always looking to change and grow. And so some people may feel like they don't have the best partner, but the reality is, is there's so many other pieces that are part of that. It may just be you have too many vendors or you're trying to do more or do it wrong or you, have, you don't have the staff to adopt the tech. There's so many variations of that. So please consider that when you're looking at that area. But that, they're saying digital closing. The second thing they said, David, and this is the big one, this is going to spark Mark Helm. I know it. A majority of lenders won't increase technology investment for 2023 unless they can see a strong ROI. And they said over half, 54%, are not planning any increases in technology this year. And only 22% said they even plan to move ahead. And what they said is while it's not the right time to invest in technology, they will only do it if there is a clear ROI. And then the article went on, and you can Google this, uh, by the way, to all of our listeners, just Walter Kluwer, uh, W-O-L-T-E-R-S, and then Kluwer is K-L-U-W-E-R. Um, it's a great, great survey they did. Finally, the last thing, David, is that lenders are still trying, as we know and will always be, to lower the cost per loan at least $200 or more. The mm -hmm. majority of their lenders they surveyed said they need to get that cost down. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword, right? You need to increase technology. You need to do better with the tech you have. You're spending too much, and you're still trying to lower your cost per loan. So how do, how do you put that puzzle together? And that's what people are focused well, on. We've been trying to do that for a lot of years is getting the cost down. <laughs> unfortunately, it just keeps going up and up and up. A lot of people are pointing to technology as a big part of it. So um, uh, that. There, I, mean, I think it is constantly evaluating. I think the fact is when you got too much, I, I heard some one of the executives say, forget it. I don't care. I am not spending any more money on the technology. And they, someone was bringing it through the front door, uh, a really important piece of technology that could eliminate three of the others that they had. And I think you need yeah. to be always looking at it because we're seeing consolidation. We're seeing ways of becoming more efficient with the use of your technology. And what does it take? How much, how much does it cost you to have the conversation? I think that's one of the things well, I you know, always – yeah, go ahead. David, some of it is sometimes not having – as simple as not having the right staff members that can participate in the mortgage industry. You yeah. know, at the Mortgage Collaborative, and I say this only because we all know it so well, it's such a great place to collaborate and have vendors that all yeah. want to be partners and work together. And yep. if you don't have the staff that can work and collaborate with those vendors, meaning that you have people that are real, have realistic expectations – and can set the expectations in your organization, that's worth more than what you'd save by being able to manage and support and implement these vendors correctly. And I think that's where a lot of lenders are struggling. I wouldn't say they're failing. They're struggling because they don't have the right staff to do that. 
Yeah, good point. Good point. Excellent. Good job. Now let's see here. Any Mark, David, any Kittle, any comments to uh, or questions for Alan? No, great comments as always. So I, support yep, I got a, uh, I got one uh, one comment that I wanted to share with you guys. Uh, Alan, you know how we uh, spent a lot of time talking about uh, Chat GPT. Yeah. And I wanted to tell you about something that happened. Uh, there is a uh, college professor in the state of Georgia that gave his class an assignment on an essay, and uh, three-quarters of the class used ChatGBT to write the essay. He flunked them off. The, uh-huh. They didn't realize this, but and, and people ought to realize this if they're planning on doing that. If you're doing short essays on something, the, the essays are going to sound, they're not going to be totally alike each time on ChatGPT, but they're going to sound and look the same. They're going to have the same kind of things in them. Great uh, point. Uh, some of the things will duplicate between, uh, it'll be a little bit different between each one, but, uh, and he said it was real obvious to him. Uh, he, uh, he he read the first three, and the rest of them he could pick out by <laughs> sentence that they used yeah. GPT. So the education system, and I, I, I was sharing that with my son-in-law and my daughter, who are both college professors, and, uh, the, you know, they're, they're taking the same position that college professor did. If someone uses chat GPT to do assignment, that was not them doing it. You yeah. know, so they're going to, you know, so it's going to get tough out there. So people thought they found the easy way out. They they didn't. <laughs> no. Well, it, I thought I'd it, share that. I thought that was interesting. I, I think that's, it's it's huge, and, and I appreciate you bringing that up. What a lot of people are saying, and, and I've experienced it myself, it, it helps you get out of a writing block or it helps you get yeah. started. But it should, it should only be the inspiration of what you really need to hear. Yeah, it is so I true. Think, well, I think people ought to use it for outlines to help make sure they hit all these salient points. But I think anybody yeah. that uh, uses the writing is crazy to stay in time. Yeah. Agreed. Very good. Mr. Kittle, you want to add? And well, you already did that. That's <laughs> right. Coming back to you guys, be quiet. It's not normal. Anyway, I appreciate that, Alan. Good stuff on there. There was something that you that came up as you were talking, and I was writing down two most. I was looking at this. There's an AI for that. I expand on that yeah. a little bit more. What is it that this website? I've got it open right here. Give me. I'm seeing a bunch of boxes up here. Checker boxes just launched. And is this new features or new like SEO content AI? Is that a separate company? Is that what you're saying? That's the first one in the upper left hand corner. Yeah. So what? There's so many people building tools with AI, and a lot yep. of them are free, and a lot of them have small subscriptions. People are trying to gain market share and, and either sell their company or take on and become the first market in certain areas. Um, and they know there's so many tools that you just can't go out and say, "Hey, pay for this," because everyone else has something, and they want to build some legitimacy. So these are a list. Some are free, some you pay for. They're just all kinds of AI tools all over the market. There's a number of these directories out there. Uh, some are small and some have gotten really big, and this is a, a this is a good one. Yeah, good stuff. Very good. All right. You guys are so much fun. So um, we appreciate you all being here. We, we've got to wrap this up. Man, I'm looking at the time. We have so much fun here. Kittle's having a drop anyway, so 
David, last words you want to go before you go off and finish your laundry? Uh, well, I mean, the only thing I will say, you know, you made the uh, one uh, acronym earlier that you misspoke on. I thought you were talking about my golf game. Oh, yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Yeah. Well, have, a good, have a good one, David. It's legendary. It's really good. Yeah. And the best part is you have fun out there. Folks, we appreciate you tuning in and being a part of the podcast, listening and sharing this with others. We do enjoy doing this. We obviously have some fun doing this podcast each and every week. But more importantly, we're really here and serious about bringing you serious content that can help your business, help you refocus. So it's critical thought, serious content. And we really want to hear from you and how we're doing. Give us a call. Let me know. Text me. Send me an email. However, you could text me at 512 512- Six three two two nine zero zero. Love to get your feedback. Email us, however you want to do it. You or go LinkedIn is another way we get a lot of feedback. Go to LinkedIn and then click on my name or Mark's name or any one of our regulars that are here. We appreciate you being here. I want to say also a big thank you to our sponsors: Candor Technology, Finastra, Total Expert, Simple Nexus, Mortgage Bankers Association of America, Lenders One, the Mortgage Cooperative, as well as Knowledge Coop as well as the Mobility MMI and Modex. Love those tools, along with Mortgage Advisory Tools. Folks, good to have you with us. Check out all our podcasts going back 15 years at LickItOnLending.com. If you're interested in being an advertiser, love to talk to you. If, you got, if you're willing to contribute content that's critical thinking, we'd love to have you as an advertiser. We're not just interested in having just anyone on here as an advertiser. We want critical thinking. Appreciate you. Have a great week, everybody. Be a critical thinker yourself and be positive. Make sure you're putting some good soil seed into your soil and check your soil. Make sure it's, you're not putting it into some bad places. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week. Tell others about the podcast. Thank you. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.